Welcome everyone to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com because you won't find us on Google or Facebook. We respect your privacy and will continue to fight the Silicon Valley censorship. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by Dr. Dominic Nischwitz, who has written a book. It's all in your mouth. He's a dentist in Europe. And he really is aligned with the right way to treat to, to treat the important structures in your mouth and keep them healthy and uh, have really solid strategies to preserve your health when things don't go the right way. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Dr. McCullough, for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, well, it's, it's a great privilege. And uh, you're, we're, where exactly are you now in... Is, are you in uh, London and Germany? No, no, I'm in Germany. It's mm -hmm. a town called Tübingen. It's, I would say, like 20 minutes from Stuttgart. It's in the south of Germany. Maybe you know Stuttgart. Okay. So he's, uh, you're not trying to be uh, fashionable, but uh, it's 9 p.m. there where in Germany where we're interviewing you, and that's why you're wearing the blue blocking glasses. So my big congratulations to you because that's helping preserve your chronobiology and, and really a strong suggestion. There's very few people who have the, uh, I guess, maybe audacity to wear these glasses during interviews because of self concerns about the way that it makes them look good, but the people who do really, in my mind, are, are authentically committed to preserving their health in a, in, a, in a profound way. So congratulations, kudos for that. So you're, you are a dentist. Your father was a dentist, but he wasn't just a regular dentist. He was a biological dentist, a dentist that was not putting amalgam fillings in people's mouth, which at the time, I imagine, was well less than 1% or 2% of the pop practicing dentists. So why don't you give us your story, your background, and on, you know, your dad's practice, and maybe, I don't even know, maybe you had, his father was a dentist, and how you progressed to that, and how it was going to dental school, knowing the alternative side. Okay, okay, let's start with him being, yeah, my dad is a dentist, and he's still working with me in the clinic, so he's only 62 years old, and so as, as a kid growing up, I was very athletic, and I was not really interested in what my dad was doing, so I wanted to become a professional skateboarder, and nothing else so I was only focusing on sports and I couldn't imagine becoming a dentist or something like that later on because for me just sports was what I'm focusing on so I thought he's only at work so that's that must be very boring so <laughs> yeah and also I, I didn't make it as a professional skater unfortunately but I was always a little bit of yeah I was always a little bit sick and my dad is a dentist my mom is a nur uh, yeah, nurse and of course, I was always treated with antibiotics. I had recurrent throat infections. I had, when I was 14, they were taking my wisdom teeth out randomly and because for braces, I reckon. And yeah, I had an appendicitis with 15. And 
uh, developed massive acne when I was also 15, lots of inflammation, took antibiotics, I think it caused over six months, minocycline, and then this nasty stuff, raw Accutane when I was a kid. So yeah, all, all things like kind of like, yeah, I thought it was normal to be just a little bit of sick and then a little bit of healthy. I can do skateboarding and then I don't, I would take an antibiotic. And then they wanted to uh, take away my, my tonsils when I was 16. And my mom said, ah, let's take a second opinion, go to this naturopathic doctor. And back then I was just a 16 year old skater and I thought, nah, this is something Google. But I anyways went there because I didn't want to go to surgery again. And he's, he tested me with kinesiology and that kind of felt right for me. And he told me, you're just allergic to milk. Um, skip this and take this chlorella here. This, this is an And I just did it. I didn't, yeah, back then I didn't realize that maybe um, I was doing something wrong with my lifestyle, but it helped. My tonsils are still in there. And it took me a few more years to, yeah, actually look into dentistry because when I was at civil service, I was at the Red Cross as a, I think it's paramedic in English, so I had to rescue people. And you have to do an internship in the clinic. And I don't know why, maybe it's coincidence, they put me in dental clinic. And I was sitting there and yeah, besides all these students, um, I found out later, and the doctor just picked me to, to take out teeth randomly because he thought I'm probably uh, uh, a student in, yeah, in year eight or something. I didn't even know, so I just took out 15 teeth from a patient in yeah, general anesthesia and I liked it and I don't know that kind of like clicked in my brain I thought okay why just why not just apply to dentistry because I knew at least that I'm very skilled with my hands and I knew my dad is also it's something that you have to do like pretty tiny basic or like tiny craftsman things and um, aesthetic dentistry also appealed to me so I just applied to university didn't even know that I had to learn chemistry and physics and sciences. I just thought it's going to be about the craftsmanship. So I applied to university, made, it, made the cut and started without knowing anything. And yeah, I had to learn chemistry and biochemistry and all these things. And finally um, got interested because at the same time I was starting to go to the gym and started working out because I just wanted to, be, to perform better. And yeah, that's when I started finding out about nutrition and diet by reading a random bodybuilding magazine. And there was this very muscular guy on the front of, I guess it was a Flex magazine. And it was just saying, eat 3000 calories a day to gain mass. And I wanted to gain mass, so I just ate 3000 calories. I didn't even know what a calorie was back then. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just started reading the box, the back of the box. And um, yeah, noodles had quite a few calories and tuna. And I'm kind of like an extreme guy, so. I just went with noodles and tuna for a straight year. Yeah, high, high carb, high mercury diet. Yes, basically, perfectly uh, according to what we did in university then. And yeah, I gained 20 kilograms of, um, I wouldn't say muscle, but at least <laughs> I made it from 60 kilograms to 80, something like this, because I was always very skinny. And yeah, this is also how it all started. And uh, I went to dentistry anyways, and. I was very good with the fingers. So the skill set was there. So I was always very fast in the practical stuff. But still, at the end of university, I was missing something. So it was like intense semester. This is almost this is one semester before the uh, examination. I told my dad, 
Dad, I'm not so sure about this job. I think it's great. I'm ha I, ha I have the skills. I like the tiny stuff. But something is missing. I don't even know what it is. And he's, he just said to me, I know he was a little bit afraid that I was going to quit or something. He just said, hey, Dom, this is just your entrance card. You will decide after what you need to do because the stuff you learn in university, most of it was already outdated when I was in your university 25 years ago. So you can go, you have the skills, you will just see what's coming afterwards. And besides university, I was, of course, trying to find out all tricks possible to help my body grow muscle and get as, yeah. I didn't know that it was health that I was missing. I was just focusing on performance and, yeah, of course, muscle gain. Maybe it was just an aesthetic thing, but I learned everything about nutrition that you can find out there. I tried every possible diet. I used every supplement. I was the guy in university who had his box of food always with him, not even knowing that it maybe was also too much carbs, not even the quality I should have eaten, but I learned a lot from this. And when I, when you have to, when I uh, stopped, when I did the examination, um, afterwards you have to do um, two years of, I don't know the word in English, maybe it's a tendency um, at, the, at another dentist. And I had the chance to... An internship, we call it, or a residency. A residency, that's the word I was thinking. Okay. And... And I did a residency at a very skilled surgeon because I wanted to do oral surgery from the scratch. I don't know why, but this just appealed to me. I just want to do surgeries. And he, yeah, Dr. Wolf in Moosberg, and he accepted me as his resident. And he was doing amalgam fillings. And <laughs> I, yes. And I, I learned in university that how they work. We actually worked with amalgam a little bit, but not too much. And we learned... You, that's the perfect material it's lasting forever and it's easy to apply and it's for free because the insurance pays for it that's what i learned and you shouldn't use it on children and pregnant women that's basically it but for me aesthetically driven i just told him no i can't do this it's so ugly i have uh, i learned about composites and i learned about ceramics so i won't do amalgam fillings and he's like the, the boss and the little guy on the first day tells you no he doesn't do what you do was a little bit weird and I always re I also remembered my dad telling me that he's not using the silver fillings ever since I was a kid so I think he stopped that in 1992 there was kind of a, a big of an amalgam discussion back in the 90s um, but it didn't make it um, it's still in Germany it's still the regular um, stuff that gets paid for for insurances mm -hmm. in Germany at least and yeah, I told him I won't do it and I will find out new ways. So I just started. But because I told so, him... What, what, was the motivation at that time purely cosmetic or was it for health for reasons? Person, for me personally? Yeah. But, uh, it was initially, I think first was aesthetics and then I had to look it up because I told him I won't do it. And because I was so much interested into health and health optimization, um, I initially looked up, yeah, I looked in YouTube and I found Dr. Dietrich Klinger, my first mentor, and Dr. Joachim Mutter, and German doctors. And I basically learned everything I could find out there. It kind of made me, so this whole amalgam thing and totally clicked with everything nutrition-wise I did in university for me personally with all the supplements. I knew all the bodybuilding supplements, the sports supplements, amino acids, 
you know, you name it. And you had to study biochemistry and chemistry. And basically, um, because I had to learn that from scratch to just get it in university, in, in dentistry, you have to, everything is an oral examination. So I really had to get biochemistry. And I was really good at it because my brain just thinks like this. So it was easy for me. And then a whole new universe opened. So finally, I was able to see, oh, this is the stuff I learned from me. Now I'm able to use all this knowledge. And because basically heavy metal detoxification, all these things is biochemistry and adds a lot to do with supplements and nutrition. So it clicked and this universe opened. And I basically, I would say I, came addi I became addicted. And I was on like YouTube articles. I was researching, I would say every, every minute in my residency when I wasn't drilling out amalgam fillings, I was searching the internet for stuff to remove to detox how they how all these liver phases work like basically everything possible and you find dr Dietrich Klinger right away and yeah so i thought the first year i thought the holy grail to help people getting healthy i just i, I thought i found the holy grail and this will be the removal of amalgam fillings it wasn't i found out so of course i i told all my patients okay you have to do this and this kind of nutrition to help your detoxification we need binders we need chlorella we need everything and of course i removed everything as safe as possible with the rubber dams etc but what i didn't and what i and i helped a lot of patients they really got better but a few of these patients got really really sick and i found out through just basically empirically by doing it that patients need to be prepared and that a lot of them and i would i invented a, a health scale from a scale from zero to 10, if 10, it would be optimal health. Most of them, in terms of absence of disease, are only, from a scale from one to 10, they're only on a one or two, and they barely make it. So if you start detoxing or something, they might be blocked underneath, or they're in sympathetic nervous system, or parasympathetic, or they're just lacking nutrients. So they ended up being, or puking over the weekend, and the same from the back door, and my, my boss back then told me, oh, Dom, what you did with this, with this patient over the weekend, they came to me, and they don't feel very well, and I know you, he's like, he told me, you're like, you're in Protestant, and I'm Catholic. The stuff you do, you just have to believe, but stop this, please. And I also thought if you're a residence doctor, very young from university, and the patient gets sick by stuff you're doing, you really feel very bad inside. Kind of like, why am I doing this? I always was like, oh, why am I doing this? Super nervous. And like, because I didn't have all the experience. I just tried whatever I've learned. Why am I doing this? But at the same time, I had this inner calling. It was like, I cannot just, why do you not just drill a hole like you should do as a doctor and put a filling in it? I had this in a calling to help these patients and find out more. So at the end of the first year, having helped a lot of patients and find, finding out about all the problems patients had because of not, yeah, of not being able to detox, I will tell you later what I found out, how that works and why it's working now. I went to see Dr. Dietrich Klinghardt in person. And it was back, it's 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. And yeah, and... <laughs> And I have asked him all my final questions. Basically, like, I was sitting there and I was asking him, ah, Dietrich, Dr. Back then I wasn't, I couldn't say his first name. I was just saying, yeah, and Dr. Dietrich Klingard, I'm just a dentist. And am I allowed to do all these things? And, because he was sitting there in his underwear and injecting, <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> I know you know him, uh, injecting B-Venom into his, I think in his thighs or something, neurotherapy. And I was like, 
dude, this is amazing. I want to do that. And I would just went to him and said, hey, is this something I can do? I'm only a dentist. And he's like, now you have the moral obligatory to do this and tell this to your patients and do it for your body. This was the first thing he told me. And I remember, remember this as it was yesterday. And the second thing was always, um, but don't be John Wayne, search for a big team. You cannot do this on your own. You need a, lots of um, people. And I told him straight away, okay, I'm going to be the guy who explains it to all my dental colleagues because I'm pretty, I'm, I'm very school medicine oriented also, but I'm just open-minded and I, I search for everything that helps uh, health, actually. Um, I'm, I would say health enthusiast. So I'm not like brainwashed from university. I was always thinking, why am I learning this? Not in terms of why do I have to learn because it's university, but why am I learning all this stuff and who invented this? This was always a question in my mind. So I was really curious to find real solutions. So having said that, on the next day after this course back then in Austria, I went to Vienna to see him. And I went to the pharmacy and basically bought me procaine and all the stuff I needed to uh, give myself IVs. And as I was trained as a paramedic, I remembered, okay, five years ago, I did some um, catheters and injections weren't a problem. So I just started inject injecting my chronic uh, shoulder pain. And I injected just random spots in my arm. It hurt and I was pressing anyways. But the neurotherapy procaine. And I found out always when I injected these acupuncture points, um, my, upper one, my upper first molar would hurt. So I just thought, okay, why not just inject my molar? And I just injected my molar, this upper right molar. And it's like perfectly fine molar. Just I'm just having a bad bite. And I injected this for six, six weeks straight and the shoulder pain went away. So I was already, yeah, having something there. So I thought, okay, why not just learn neurotherapy? So I booked a course with Dietrich in Seattle in 2011 and flew there over the weekend and learned basically everything you could find out for injections. And yeah, finally developed, yeah, it gave all the patients like a nutritional consult and I put them on supplementations. Of course, I removed all the malleum fillings, but I was a surgeon. So I would, I would do titanium implants and of course I would do wisdom teeth removal, etc. And I'm very, yeah, I learned all the oral, oral surgeon skills. So I basically knew, knew everything by now besides the holy grail amalgam fillings. I knew about root canal problems. I knew about the metals overall, not just the heavy metals, but also like um, gold problems and titanium. So I was yeah, not feeling too comfortable with putting the titanium implant instead of the root canal. So I just stopped that right away. And I did the whole aesthetic dentistry curriculum. And this just bought me because there was nothing new. It was just techniques. You could show me a technique in a second because I'm very good with the hands. I will pro probably just copy it and just do it kind of like a trick on a skateboard. So it was just boring for me. And at the same time, I went to LA and did a functional medicine course at the IA, at one of IFM it was called, uh, I think the AFMCP week it was one week and there was very great doctors. And then I, of course, I applied all the functional medicine stuff and there were times then I thought, hmm, maybe I'm just going to be a consultant. And I found, yeah, I did so many like certifications or like weekend programs because I was just searching for new things, new things, like, as I said, like an addiction how to optimize. And of course I learned from Dietrich the five levels of feeling. So I, 
I wasn't only searching for stuff on the physiological level. I was already doing all the acupuncture stuff, the neurotherapy. I was interested in the mental field. I was interested in spiritual health. So the full concept. And then I had a little bit of a timing because I had to quit one job because of a new offer. And yeah, it wasn't so good. So I had a little bit of time and I did the whole cling out ART courses and the MFT, you know, maybe from Didrik, his whole course series. I did that. And doing this course series, I found out about another guy who was doing ceramic implants. And I was like, whoa, ceramic implants. That sounds good. So I booked an internship with uh, Ulrich Foltz for ceramic implants. And um, when, I was, when I arrived there, at the same day in his clinic, there was Dr. Joachim Mutter and Ulrich Foltz was doing ceramic implants as a surgeon myself. I, was, I looked at him and I, in five minutes I knew he's a great surgeon. He's placing white implants. So from this point on, the full concept I was thinking about in my mind for the last five years was finally there and we were just talking the whole day about um, the stuff I did the last 10 years about the nutrition and everything I just talk, told you about and he, he basically asked me at the end of the day, is it, some, is it somewhat possible that you work with me some kind? Yeah, because I was, yeah, then I was working in my dad's office and with him and I did this thing called um, flying implant service. So you could book me as a surgeon because I didn't have my own clinic back then. You could book me as a surgeon. I was doing flying implant service at Paracelsus Clinic in Switzerland. I was doing it, like I would say, in six different clinics. You just book me. And I don't even know the patients. I don't even know the nurses or the clinic. I would just drive there in the morning, 5.30 with all my stuff and would do just surgeries the whole day. And at least 20 ceramic implants per day was my mandatory um yeah my because i just wanted to have a routine in, in surgery with ceramic implants i didn't charge a lot for the implants i just wanted to do numbers to just get good and these were you can imagine these are super challenging days so you know nobody i didn't take my nurse with me just my just my instruments and then just went there and did the full day of surgeries and this got me like to a good skill level pretty fast because i was doing so many implants say in the first year already a thousand ceramic implants so I, I didn't count anymore after three thousand ceramic implants uh, but it's a lot and this just made it second nature for me it's just like, like like skateboarding it's kind of like being an athlete all the time and just wanting to become a little bit better every day and this is a skill set but the ceramic implant were just my neutral alternative for root canals and titanium implants so i could finally um see the full concept and then working with Ulrich and all the other good guys and finally getting Dietrich to know better. It was, yeah, it felt like the rookie of the year and this was already all, almost 10 years ago. So, um, Well, ha have you modified your protocol for root canal uh, therapy, post root canal therapy? Because, you know, that's what the ceramic implants are for. Uh, I just in interviewed a recently a periodontist who's biologically oriented, and she was explaining how she uses these YAG lasers in photoacoustic therapy to sterilize the existing tooth. Okay. Uh, because ideally, you'd like to keep the structure there itself, and it seemed to be really intriguing. She has some excellent videos on how, how this was accomplished, and it seems to be the state of the art. And I'm wondering if you have any experience with that. Yeah, uh, so we, we do it. I think we do it a little bit differently and very 
consequence. So the, the concept we now developed over the last years um, is called, so it will lead up to a therapy which we call all-in-one concept. So what we are going to do or trying to do is we will take your whole mouth. So let's do it just a regular patient. So a regular patient applies for an appointment. I don't have, I, I cannot see you uh, in person for a long time anymore because it's so many inquiries and a lot of them, at least 50% are coming from all over the world and from the US. So we made it easy virtually. You will just send the panoramic x-ray, your medical questionnaire and your vitamin D3 and LDL blood work to just have a basic uh, knowledge. And then I will just do a full all-in-one concept, meaning we will remove all the oral interference, all the challenges there are the same. Metals, root canals, cavitations, we restore the bite, we check for all these things. In one, in one, let's say, appointment sequence, which is called, maybe you can call it the health optimization week. But to do this, you have to be prepared. So I will plan this whole case and just basically draw into your panoramic x-ray. Then we remove the root canals, we replace them with the ceramic implant. I will explain this in a second. And we take care of all the cavitations, which are, cavitations is, is the layman's term for um, fatty degenerative osteomyglotic jawbone or CIBD, chronic ischemic bone disease. It's also known as NECO cavitations, neuralgia-inducing cavitation osteoporosis. Problem here is that you don't learn this in university. This is still not medically accepted. Even as my, my good friend and I would say the pioneer in this field, Dr. Johan Lechner, is doing research here for over 40 years now. Still not accepted. It's a bit of a problem with, like, yeah, let's say the rulers there. And, but I, I'm doing this every day, so I will explain this. And then you have this panoramic. You get an email where you can see everything that we were going to do and how we're going to do this. And the ceramic implant is only the bonus. So what we need to do first is take out the oral interference as minimal invasive as possible. So if there are any metals, of course, we remove them under safe, um, yeah, under all safe removal um, possibilities they're existing. Like not just the rubber dam. We will use rubber dam. We have a special device, a suction called cleanup suction, which has an um, integrated, um, yeah, it's a better suction. It goes over the tubes. It's from uh, Scandinavia. We have a big outside suction uh, device. It's called an IQ Air, which takes about 99% of the mercury vapor or all the other metal ions that are going to be removed. The rubber dam is basically just for the big parts. So all mercury vapor goes through at least six pairs of latex uh, gloves. So the rubber dam won't help there, but the suction will. We will uh, have um, nasal probes and, and apply not oxygen and not, um, and not just regular oxygen, uh, like just regular air not oxygen anymore and of course if possible we will just break out the filling so that we don't even drill it so everything that's possible then on the next day we will so we will remove uh, the surgical part will be my part so the metals fillings the other dentists do the metal fillings we do a lot of ivs nutrients before to help the body um, when you hear then we remove the root canals and cavitations and as so I'm a surgeon, so we train as big surgery, biggest surgeon, biggest cuts. We don't do any cuts if possible, because every cuts and all these um, vertical incisions will make um, 
basically make scar tissue later on, which could totally disrupt the whole autonomic nervous system and, of course, the whole blood supply. So this has to be very minimal invasive. We use piezo surgery. And the goal is to conserve the whole anatomy as much as possible. So if you can, the root canal is anyways a dead tooth. It's a dead organ. It's not even, there's nothing anymore there. So it's already dead. We just take it out. I, we clean the whole socket with ozone. We use neural therapy, procaine, notochaetal selenase, arthrochaline A, and rinse it. We, we will uh, draw blood before the surgery and spin it in the centrifuge to make APRF membranes, which are kind of like platelet-rich fibrin or PRP membranes. They are containing stem cells and growth factors to place it in the socket or besides the implant or in the cavitation later on. And then if everything is clean, then we will use a zirconium dioxide implant, which is not uh, colored, so there's no metal oxides in it. It's a completely neutral healing stone, Diedrich would say. And the good thing is it only also integrates if your body is able to build bone. And the part I will come up in a second. And if everything is clean, because if you, for example, miss a cavitation, which is always or most of the time it's at least 90% underneath the root canals, you have to go higher or underneath the root canals because maybe there's a, at the tip is a cyst, but a lots of times there are huge uh, bone edemas or osteolytic processes of the FDOJs above. So, and so the immediate implant will help you get there after disinfecting with ozone, etc. Imagine the ceramic implant as a neutral component, kind of like a tent pole that you put in there or a plug that preserves the whole socket. I call it socket preservation 3.0. That's what the cool kids do. Just kidding. But it actually holds the whole anatomy and the whole tissue and bone because, you know, if you remove a tooth, this is what the regular dentistry does in our strain. We remove a tooth and then you will just let it heal for three months and then do a cone beam, see that the bone is lost, and do a bone graft and then the implant, which is titanium, which makes no sense. Because if you have the socket, it's all clean now. Everything is disinfected. And then you will, then anyways, your body has all the growth factors. There, so it's now the time to heal. And then you place the implant as a temple. You actually build a bone container there. And the only thing that's possible to, uh, to grow in there is actually bone. You have to make them stable so that, you, that they don't move. It's kind of like you need a cast for at least, for at least three to four months to help um, osteointegrate, but you at least conserve the whole anatomy and basically you don't have any surgery at all because you just took out the tooth and made this very, very specific and simple so that your body is actually able to heal. And then you use the ceramic implant as a healing device. And that's why I say to patients, okay, first of all, we will take care about your health. So we have to take out all the, all the, let's just say trash, and then your body will be able to heal itself. We use everything that's possible in terms of, um, let's say, neutral elements, and then your body just needs time to also integrate. So before doing this whole concept, the patient gets prepared. So I've written a food design concept. There's also 40 pages in the book about nutrition. It's basically the same stuff you would do for a patient or every other um, functional medicine doctor. It's more like, go as natural as possible. It's what you can hunt, what you can fish, what you can find. And it's, it's basically the 20 years of nutrition information I have in my brain. I wanted to have it in 10 pages because most people 
um, don't like to read and then it has to be super simple. So I have two charts, it's a red chart and it's a green chart. The red chart basically is food intolerances and um, food toxins and there's the right side is always the alternatives. We have, we of course go grain free and dairy free and then there's a green chart which is based upon macronutrients, protein and I, had, I named it healthy carbohydrates, healthy fats. Then we have, um, then we have fruits and vegetables. And initially, because this is just what they read before, and they have to start with this. And then, and because I'm always a big fan of food comes first, so this is the basics. And of course, I've, and I've developed a, a protocol called Bone Healing Protocol, which is micronutrient tuning. And it basically evolves around 20,000 IUs of vitamin D3 a day to get the patients from normally around, yeah, let's say 10 to 20 nanograms. Um, in average on my patients, and they're mostly chronic sick patients, um, to at least above the average, which is above 60 nanogram, and I think in the US it's the same. So 70 would be amazing, and if you start four to six weeks prior with this protocol, and it's not just 20,000 I use of D3, you cannot do this. There's, of course, the right amount of magnesium, the right amount of vitamin K2, all the activated B vitamins, you name it. It's all uh, in there. That's my biochemical background. So they come in, to this health optimization weeks already immunologically boosted. The nervous system is already very good. And what we're trying to achieve then is bring the patients from chronic sympathetic nervous system mode into parasympathetic, using high doses of vitamin C, IVs, all these things, taking out the trash, being prepared, and then I'm going to individualize your, uh, I call it food design or lifestyle concept, and after surgery, because then I know, then I see you in person, I can see, okay, do you have a little bit of a metabolic problem? You have too much body fat in, uh, how's your body composition look like? Do you have too much body fat in the middle? Or it's maybe more legs or whatever. What is your problem with sleeping? How about the neurotransmitters? We'll maybe do the Braverman test. And then I just structured it in terms of being anabolic then, because I need them to grow bone. And a lot of it because cavitations can be, and I can tell you the patients from the US have bigger cavitations. It's a huge problem there because of all the pesticides, glyphosate, and mold is a big thing. And you can see that in the cavitations, they just look different. I will tell you in a second. And you could have end up having just four cavitations. And if I remove those, they could be, it could be about eight to 10 cubic centimeters of fatty degenerative bone or chronic inflammation in your jawbone which of course disrupts your whole system. And I know the whole um, field of health optimization, biohacking, we're anyways talking about heavy metals and we're talking about chronic inflammation and cytokines. And these inflammations in your jawbone, they're chronic and they're there because of things installed only for the reason that biting is possible. That's how a dentist is trained. A root canal is perfect if you want to just bite, but from an optimal health point of view, it's a dead organ and you have to see a little bit, is a big of a challenge, but now as we well, can, well, yeah. Let's, let's start here because uh, as far as I understand there, and I don't remember the specific numbers, but there's, I believe there's tens of millions of root canals performed every year in the U.S. alone. And um, that procedure can be formed by a regular dentist. They're, they are taught how to do it in dental school as you were, and there's no specific uh, subspecialty training that's required. And the periodontal specialist that I interviewed was really opposed to them having these being done by a general dentist because 
the process you just described was people who've already had a root canal being done. But there's this, the pre-root canal phase where there's potentially an abscess, a periapical abscess that's there, and they're in a lot of pain because of that abscess. Uh, so, the, so the only therapeutic option that the dentist typically has is to do a root canal, and that relieves the pain, but it kills the tooth. So what I was referring to earlier is this, this YAG laser. It's a very high-powered laser. It's, it costs well over $100,000. And it's uh, it done. It combines not only the light therapy, but an acoustic sound wave therapy that integrated together perform this unbelievable sterilization process. And it's actually, I believe, typically integrated with ozone. So that combination is able to rescue a large percentage of these teeth from actually having to have a root canal performed in the first place, which to me is the basis of, of a powerful intervention strategy. Because what you're describing is the rescue effort, and there is certainly a need for that, and people like you and many other to, to rescue the damage that's already been done. But I think the, the, uh, there needs to be loads of effort towards the preventive component so we don't need to rescue the tube. Yes, yeah, 100%. Oh, maybe I didn't understand that correctly. Yes, 100%. So, of course, um, I would say a little bit different. So if the root is already like, if it's hurting, so if there's a cyst underneath, I would probably say it's maybe already dying. If you can really rescue a dying tooth with the laser, I didn't try this. And I certainly didn't hear about a tooth that is like... I will send you this interview I did. It was... It was and really amazing to me, and I had never heard of this process before, but apparently it's not widely appreciated. And, and I think there would be a great benefit to adding that to your clinic. They're not inexpensive piece of equipment, but it would serve, it would be a really great tool to preserve so, it because the ultimate implant is the person's own tooth. <laughs> the, best, the best option is always your healthy tooth, but it's a little bit of a different so a healthy tooth means you didn't even have a drilling before there was no cavity right. yes. nothing right. if you which have, is not the case typically yes and if you have something on your root canal and your root is super inflamed and hurts like hell i'm quite sure that you had a big cavity or something restorative done and you notice um if you had an amalgam filling at least once in your in your tooth it's never going to be as 100% healthy. And there are so many teeth, and it's really difficult in terms of chronic sickness and chronic health, that are mer we call them mercury toxic. They're kind of alive, but not really. And it's super difficult because the dentist only has one thing to do uh, in terms of seeing is the tooth okay or not. Does it, uh, does it react to cold or not? That's basically, if it's hurting like hell, of course, most, it, now it's coming, most dentists will perform a root canal. Actually, that goes as far as doing a root canal on a tooth which hasn't even had a cavity. And now we're talking because why is this going to happen? So I have a nurse right now. I, did it, I had to remove a root canal and she had it for a long time and was really interfering with the system. So rescue, like you said. But why did she have a root canal in the first place? Because she didn't have, it doesn't seem like there was a big cavity. So the tooth was hurting. So now we have to see the other way around. So first of all, um, your teeth are organs that are connected to your whole nervous system and basically are part of your brain, kind of like your eyes. And you have this massive brain nerve there, which is called the trigeminal nerve. 
you know, it's a cranial nerve and it's one out of 12 and it takes 50% of the space of all the other ones. So it's quite important. And every tooth is along this. And if you do, a, for example, a nerve block, which I don't perform here, you know it from the dentist, you will have a numb lip here because you blocked it over there. So basically all the teeth go numb, but it's coming from the back. So I've seen a lot of patients having teeth Heard it like the teeth are hurting because of these so-called cavitations being in the back of the of the jaw and radiating pain goes through the teeth and of course if you're not trained to see this as a dentist and you and your patient comes in with pain the fifth time you will probably say okay the only solution you have against pain is probably do a root canal which is a huge problem because like you said the best tooth is your regular healthy tooth and your body is able to heal your tooth and actually to reverse cavities if they're not too big. Mm -hmm. And of course, then you have to go onto your lifestyle again, because nowadays we know from research, last year came a lot of research about vitamin D3 and cavities. So we know that we, if we have a lack of vitamin D3, because we have a problem with mineral displacements and stuff, and we will have uh, mostly kids actually, um, cavities in our teeth or these chalk teeth or MIA, like molar incisive hypomineralization all depending on vitamin d3 on amino acids and of course on all the all these minerals so you can check there what we would do if you have a, a tooth that just hurts we will just look is there any interference maybe from cavitations or what about you, your lifestyle overall so then we will see the mouth again as a mirror for your overall health because teeth can also hurt if you just have super high blood sugar they can also hurt by low blood sugar they they basically hurt when your whole ph level in your mouth changes or if you're just lacking minerals. And then if you go to the dentist, just yesterday, a friend of mine, he, he, he doesn't live here, but he knows how to treat. He just uh, asked me. So I, I went to a dentist and we did x-rays and I have, between all my teeth, I have cavities. And they want to do 12, they want to do 12 um, fillings. And I told him, okay, I would normally just check why you need fillings in the first place. So what about your diet, etc.? Just send me the x-rays. And he just sent me the x-rays and I would only do two fillings there which are already existing in a basically at secondary uh, caries or decay underneath a, like an open filling um, space. Well, let, let me interrupt you here for a moment too because there's another strategy that you can use that I, I encourage and advise and recommend people seriously consider is, is uh, ozone therapy. And yes. you can get this yourself. And it seems, at least in my personal experience, that it's been able to abort many potential uh, scenarios where I may have had to have a cavity. And I just use the ozone persistently, and literally a few days, the pain is gone. It's just an amazing, inexpensive, very safe tool. You just have to be careful that you don't breathe the ozone in, but it's very effective. Yeah, ozone is amazing. We also have an ozone machine to do auto-hemotherapy or whatever you want to use. If you use ozone, I told you a lot sure. Yeah, but that, that's, that's professional. This is something that a patient can do at home. But ozone is amazing. And what you can also just see, and I saw his x-ray, and he had just had these tiny initial cavities, like very initially, which I would never drill. I would just then check, which is also all patients out there can do. Test your vitamin D3 level. Is it maybe too low? What about your diet? Are you eating lots of sugar, like the regular dentist stuff? But maybe... Do you have too many fluctuations? What about your minerals? Because your body is able to the saliva to remineralize your tooth, like very, that's very, a very fast process actually. 
and also from the inside, which is your pulp. Your pulp is in your, in your living tooth. There's uh, the nerve supply, the blood supply, the lymph supply. And of course, if your blood is full of, let's say, amino acids, minerals, nutrients, of course, your body can pick and choose and build stuff. But of course, if you deplete it in any kind of nutrients, I would say protein is probably the most deficiency uh, in the patients at least I see. And of course, vitamin D3 and minerals. If you just re refill them and change your lifestyle, you will end up having not hurting teeth and your body will be able to remineralize these teeth without you, the use of any chemicals. Of course, depending on size and shape of teeth. And also the second point is the gluten intolerance. That's why we always mm -hmm. have grain-free and gluten-free. These studies are done a long time ago because people with celiac disease, they end up having lots of these very mushy or chalk teeth. Like I've seen one patient when I was just out of university, it was 12 year old boy and he had these super soft teeth. And I just knew from university, okay, this is called, this symptom is called molar incisive hypomineralization. That's basically what I knew. And then I knew how to repair it. And I had this very bad feeling in my side myself that this little 12 year old dude needed a root canal treatment on his first uh, molars, which just came out. I didn't know about gluten intolerance or celiac disease. I didn't learn at university. I would have helped him anyways with this because your teeth, if they're like mushy, it's kind of, they, they can re remineralize. It's possible. Best and Price showed this already 100 years ago. So, but of yeah, course, now, the information is lacking. Do you have any children? Yes, I have three children. Okay, how old are they? Three boys, and the oldest one is five. The second one is going to be, be three. Okay. Perfect. And that is perfect. So they don't have their, their, their permanent teeth yet. And no. I, this is the question I have for you, because there are many people watching this. Are, are, if they're not in this situation, they may be grandparents and have children in the same age group. And I think this is really the crux and maybe the most important point is what I'm, I'm curious as to what your belief system is that if you can optimize lifestyle through sun exposure, vitamin D, minerals, proteins, avoidance of toxins like yes. gluten, gluten and in many cases milk uh, and, and certainly glyphosate and other poisons and give them an optimal diet and lifestyle, do you think it's possible to avoid all cavities? I would say yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah, because there, there are cultures like Korea, which for some reason, I mean, I believe the incidence of cavities is like less than 5% of the population, which is just astounding. But nevertheless, that's the case. So I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement because I think that is the key. Yes. And I, don't, I, I just don't know what the best way to impart that wisdom on the population is because what you're doing is fantastic. I mean, you're, you're, you're functioning at a very high level. You're in the elite biological dentist community, and there's certainly a need for that. But the, 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 what's even more important is to treat the kids your age, to teach them how to live a life so they never need those services. Yes, that's basically what you need to do. And this is why it's so important that all this information comes out. And that's why I devoted a whole chapter to the nutritional part, because also, it starts actually even, even sooner. So we call, I call it the health starts in your mouth concept. And basically, the biological dentistry, we do, I would say it's more like an overlap of functional medicine, biohacking, and high-tech dentistry with the goal of optimal health. So I'm a big fan of the basics. And the goal is actually in the lifestyle. So when you go through the womb, you already have a microbiome. 
and uh, you get your microbiome from your mom going through the vagina and getting her, her microbiome in your mouth. So the mouth is really- Assuming you don't have a C-section. Yes, if you have a C-section, it's totally different because you get mostly maybe the skin bacteria, but also of course the germs that are in maybe in the, in the hospital. Like MRSA. I don't hope so. <laughs> and the next thing will be breastfeeding. And my kids, I don't know, my wife is pretty good at breastfeeding. So um, they were fed, I think, at least 18 months, which is super important to grow your whole jaw. So the sucking, you need, I think, let's say 10 times the strength um, to suck on, what is that, on a nipple instead of on the, the milk from the formula. And this sucking develops the whole lower jaw and the whole muscles there and also will grow and shape your palate and everything. So if you see my kids, they have this wide-shaped um, angle. I don't know how it will work out when they are older, but I, we apply all the lifestyle rules because I'm doing this for such a long just time. Like, just like the piss, pictures in Weston Price's book, Physical Degeneration, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Exactly the same. They look like this and they actually even have space in between their teeth. So I was... The opposite so I had not a good diet and everything and I needed braces twice I actually even did braces when I was in university as a study I had, had them inside they were called incognito it was just the hell I was just so, so this is an interesting point because your father was a dentist and he was relatively enlightened and what do you think the biggest difference is between the way your your parents approached this and the way you did was it that you just more were intellectual more curious or Innovative, or I mean, what, why, why the difference? Why didn't your dad get it? Dad and mom get it? No, that's a huge difference. This is more me being an extremist and extremely intrinsically motivated because at one point I was just so sick that I had to find solutions and I was just seeing it as a challenge and took this. And just I'm an experimenting guy, I would say, and really extreme. So if you tell me something, I will do that 100% being a super soldier and find out everything what I can learn there, and then I will do the next phase and integrate everything. So it's just the, I think that's just my passion and my yeah. personal. Well, probably the fact that you're an athlete too. I think that had something to do with it. That I'm an athlete too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the athlete's mindset or the skateboarding mindset is more like fall and back up and fall back up. So well, it's just a, it's the commitment, the discipline, and the, the desire to excel at a very high level. Yeah, that's maybe just also the, the my personal shape that I, yeah, I would say probably, yeah, dopamine dominant, as you would call it, individual. <laughs> a lot of drive. I, I did my Braverman test. I had to. So when I crashed when I was 22, I was like, just normal, just not normal anymore. I was just asking for a solution and it took me quite a while to figure out what was wrong with my brain. Were you wearing a helmet? No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't a crash with skateboarding. I just meant I crashed kind of like, oh, okay. In right. terms of health. Yeah, did you have any head injuries when you were skateboarding? Not from skateboarding, but I had a massive head and neck trauma when I was 14 from snowboarding, when I basically jumped down a oh, cliff and almost my whole, I ripped off almost my whole head. And this head and neck trauma, oh. this head and neck trauma basically hunted me a long time, actually since now, and in, on my health journey and like learning of, from all these levels of health, this trauma was one of the roots of everything so i remembered being how i was when i was 14 i was just a guy just doing it you would tell me okay do this kickflip on skateboard these 10 stairs down i would just do it wouldn't even think about it. <laughs> that's just how i am you're invincible that's that's true for almost all adolescents what 
yeah, yeah, that, that they they just don't they don't understand death or permanent I, disability. I didn't, but my brother, he's actually younger. He always told me, "Don't just check the just check the ramp. What is afterwards in the snow? Maybe you cannot jump over there." And I was just already flying, and um, had fun with doing this. But then after this, had an act trauma. It's just in retrospective, my whole physiology changed. So this just doing mode was off. I was just constantly thinking in my brain. I was drawn to doing alcohol stuff and was all just negative in my brain. And then all these things developed, appendicitis, and acne, mm -hmm. all these things. I didn't, it took me 20 years to figure out that this is one of the roots of my problems because I was just- yeah, sure. It's, you know, we call that traumatic brain injury. Have you ever looked at hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Because that's a pretty powerful intervention to get to, to address the neurodegenerative changes that occur in that, that type of trauma. Yes, actually, my man and, and, and Tim Gray, he is also a mutual friend, I guess. And he had this clinic um, and I'm going to bring one in my clinic pretty soon because it's so good also for the surgeries. I didn't do it for me personally for the head and neck trauma because I tried all the other things and head and neck trauma doesn't come up anymore. So it's a lot of osteopathic treatment. Yeah, but there still may be some changes there. You may want to get some assessments. Uh, so I will, everything I do basically, I try on myself and see how it works. And then later on, I have the moral obligatory to tell it to my patients. And yeah, I will always try to bring the next level equipments and recovery tools to make like the clinic even better for everybody, for me and for everybody. So my priority is just optimal health. Yeah, yeah. well, you're doing great. I mean, you're, you're a rare bird who you really are seeking, you're, you're a truth seeker and, and you don't accept the, the, the conventional wisdom. Uh, and there's not many people, prof healthcare professionals, who have that courage to, to implement that action. And, and then as a result, you, you make great innovations because you're in the trenches and you're trying new things and you, you discard what doesn't work. So it, it takes a, a rare individual to put that all together. So congratulations on what you've accomplished. Thank you very much. I just try to give my best every day. Yeah. But if yeah, you yeah. Need, I guess thank you very That's much. what it needs. That's what it needs for sure. And it, it never changes, so I'm always yeah, it's, a, it's a journey. Yeah, you're always learning. The journey never stops. No, that's the good part, right? This is yeah. what, what's so fun. I'm only, the good thing is I'm only 37, but I do this since I would say almost 20 years, and I didn't even know the word biohacking since one year ago. One year ago, there was a patient coming in from New York City, and, and I was, of course, I'm like this with all my patients. I don't go don't belittle my patients or talk down to them i just on the same level and was we were just hanging around the whole week and had lots of fun in my juicery and everything and you were saying and you were kind of like uh, the german dave Asprey and tom bill at the same time and i didn't even know these names so i was like okay thank you <laughs> i will look them up so now of course and then a few weeks later the german biohacking community which is flow great um, did an interview like we do it now and they told me okay you're probably a big biohacker and i didn't i didn't like the word so much i didn't know what what it means so when when i was invited by, to the health optimization summit from tim um, i liked the word health optimization and now i also get the biohacking and of course as i'm the skater and a cool kid i also like the biohacking <laughs> so i understand how it works and i think that's why biological dentistry is just the it, I'm actually trying to go away from this dental thing. It's more like we 
optimize your health by starting from the mouse, which is the entry to your whole system. And you know about leaky gut, for example. Everybody talks about leaky gut, but nobody talks about leaky gum. The gum tissue, the gingiva, this is the same tissue, it's squamous tissue, it's the same as outside skin and of course the whole inside. And if you have a chronic gingivitis, for example, just from uh, molecular nutrients or maybe from the wrong restorations in there, you will have an opening into your system because gingiva is outside. Your bacteria are not allowed, uh, they cannot go really inside. But if it's opening or if you maybe have a titanium implant where the tissue doesn't grow on top, you will always have kind of like a huge gap on Niagara Falls for all these bacteria and mainly anaerobic bacteria which will travel into your system. So this is basically leaky gum, leaky gut. This, it already starts there because the gut basically starts in your mouth, yeah. right? Speaking of that, do you, you know, as you age, you t there's a tendency to get gingival recession. Yes. Uh, and I'm wondering if you, in your biohacking efforts or health optimization strategies, if you've encountered any good tips or tricks to uh, accommodate that, other than periodontal surgery. Yes, what we, yeah, it's, and recession is a little bit difficult. You have to see if, if it's too much of the dental tubules that are open, then you probably have a little bit of a sensitivity. And um, this, that's one reason. But you could, um, you could use again, so there's nothing that works that you can apply topically. That's, I didn't find it yet. But ozone will work again, uh, like you said. You can just. For re rebuilding the gingiva? Not rebuilding, but just to to make it. Um, yeah, no, that there's not. I'm not talking about pain. I'm just talking okay. about rebuilding, rebuilding the tissue. Yeah, the rebuilding the tissue. It's it's depending on the bone structure underneath. It's super simple. So there's this biological width. This is if you have a regular tooth like I have. There's yeah. no recession. Then you mm -hmm. have this attached gingiva. It's about let's say three millimeters. This attached gingiva is where like the protection is, and this biological width. If, if you have periodontitis or you, you, it's receding, that means the bone underneath receded also. Mm. And it will always stop two to three millimeters above the jawline. So you, you probably need some kind of, if you want really, if it's for aesthetic reasons, you probably will need a recession, but it's not, not so important for health issues if you don't have any inflammation. If the gingiva, yeah, yeah. even if it's receded, if it's, um, if it's still super tight around the tooth, it's no problem at all in terms of bacteria lurking in. Oh, that's good to know. That, that is a, that's an excellent point. So thank you for sharing that. Are you going to be te teaching again at the Health Optimization Summit in London this year? Yes, I'm going to give a lecture there. Oh, good. Well, we'll meet because I'm teaching there also in September. That's 100%. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to meet you in person. Where are you yeah. living? I live in Florida. Ah, nice. Yeah, on the yeah, east, east Coast, which is, I think, one of the healthiest places in the, at least in the United States. You know, I get to the privilege of having, being able to walk on the beach virtually every day in shorts and no shirt and, and walking in the ocean perfectly grounded and getting sunshine. And my vitamin D level is typically over 70 all the time, and I don't take any oral vitamin D. Oh, so. I would love to have that. So I'm grounding myself all the time and working barefoot even if there's snow. Yeah. Well, you can do you can do it because you don't live in North America and there's not a lot as much dirty electricity in Europe. And I would ground if I was in Europe too, but not in North America. So I have to ground on the ocean. Yeah, it's so great that you. I've been to. I I, I go to the U.S. quite a few times and I've been to Florida also. Yeah. Going to Florida in 
after the, uh, what is it? The up I'm going to go to the Upgrade Labs event. Oh yeah, you're going to be there too? You too? Oh yeah, I'm speaking. I'm one of the keynotes, yeah. Amazing, then we will meet there already. And yeah, yeah, it should be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's the two big events is the Upgrade Labs and then Health Optimization in London, so. Yes, I'm going to go to both. And actually, I'm going to be a plus one of Tim at the Upgrade Labs because I'm not speaking there. I'm just going there to see everything. And yeah, I, we call it the wolfing, like meeting all the other wolves for the wolf pack. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it really, it's my favorite event, not so much because of the speakers there. In fact, I really don't attend many of the lectures. I just love the people who go, I mean, I have such a good time hanging out with the, the exhibits and talking to people. It's just because everyone like you, it was very obvious when I saw you with your, your glasses on, you're committed to optimizing your health. You're not just trying to, you know, the classic American strategy is to take this magic pill and just continue your pernicious evil ways that are contributing to the disease and, you know, having insulin resistance and you're not having an activity, but you're not really striving to optimize your health. So the people at these events, that's what they're doing. You know, they're really in it, for, you know, full, full speed. And it's just, it's just really great. I've just never seen such a high percentage of healthy people in one place. Yeah, that's amazing. And actually, last year, I was, I was always searching. This makes me <clears throat> also why I, I figured it out retrospective. So becoming, a, wanting to become a professional skater was actually not about just skateboarding. I just wanted to hang with people that have the same mindset and just do everything they can. Mm -hmm. Now, be, or I am trying to be a professional doctor or a health organizer or a healer, whatever you call it. And to find all these other, other wolves and this, these like-minded people, this is, for me, this is the most pleasure existing. Yeah, yeah. And we need to make, I call it the wolf pack. We need to have a wolf pack and not like we had it like in Germany, it's a lot like this, that all these good guys, they're more like a little bit egocentric or they don't share. So mm -hmm. I want to share all my information. You can have everything for free. I'll only do this to spread the news because I don't have any impact myself. I can mm -hmm. only do 30,000 surgeries if you train a thousand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I had the same conclusion. I could, you, you, can, you can't see more than 100,000 people in your lifetime. It's just not no. technically possible. Yeah, and I can even, cannot even see so much because surgery is a little bit longer. So it's maybe yeah, 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 yeah. But if I, do, if I train 1,000 dentists or, or other doctors to implement this, it's 30 million. So you really change. And I think um, hanging with like-minded people, you have so many ideas. You can really, I think nowadays with all the social media and everything, you can really change um, the world at least for a few people. And this is the fulfilling part for me so that I can help you optimize your health. And this is also, of course, the challenge I put onto all my patients that they have to change their lifestyle. Otherwise, I don't even accept them because um, then they don't have any good results. And... But if they have the results and they yeah. see 99 patients, doctors, yeah. That's the so. same strategy I did, uh, let's see, 25 years ago, uh, 1995, I sent a note to all my existing patients that, because I was a, I was a conventional physician in, in the mid-90s and, and had put most of my patients on medications and drugs. And I said, listen, I'm, I've had a change of heart. I'm going in, down a new path. And unless you're willing to commit to getting off these medications, uh, you're going to have to find new doctors. So I lost 75% of my patients, but then it wound up changing the whole thing. And I only had patients who were committed to health and they were got, they got better and the word spread. And I started seeing people from all, all over the state then the country, then all over the world like you. And they came in to fly and see me from all over. And, you know, and, and that's what happens when you, when you're committed to doing the right thing, which yeah. is what, yeah. 
this is, I can 100% agree, but if you, you have to be confident. I train all my doctors, even people that are 30 years older than me, that it's just like, it's you. You have to decide what is your path, what is your vision, what are you going to do? So I just made this um, clear, I had this clear vision in my mind and uh, made this decision. And like you, I probably lost a lot of patients. And mm -hmm. But you didn't want it. They were holding you back. They, they, and they were, they were ever going to get better anyway. No, and they don't want to. And it's not my responsibility. So um, I can just help you accelerate. But the commitment, basically, I cannot train. So that has to come from yourself. So being committed and doing it because I have the tools. I can tell you exactly how to get lean. I can tell you exactly how to optimize this, this, and this, and this to at least reach a few levels. And if I cannot tell, help you, I will certainly search another guy who has the tools to do that. But if you don't want to, um, I can well, help you. I, I, would, I would put a little thought in your head that I think would have an enormous impact to literally hundreds of millions, potentially billions it, it, and you, someone like you could catalyze it and you can deeply appreciate it because you've got the kids. You have three children. Yes. And, and just to develop some type of comprehensive, simple strategy that can be widely adopted you know, throughout Germany, the United States, and, and where they change their behavior so they don't get cavities. It's preventive dentistry to the, the ultimate preventive dentistry. And if a program like that could be implemented, I mean, it would be radical. I mean, that's going to be exponentially better than training them with all your finest surgical interventions. Yes, I actually have the online course ready for this. So I made it, so I give the, the whole food and nutrition and everything seminar for, for specialists or for dentists. But because of all the patients asking me, how can I follow up and everything? I just filmed a three hour like concept in this case. Yeah, and but, but, it will be online pretty soon to just clone my, my knowledge. And also the Instagram we use, I just do Instagram. I don't even, I just, I don't do it myself. I just have the ideas. I write it down and then we spread the content. I see it like this. When I was a kid, I was waiting every month for my new skateboard magazine. I was really passionate about it and I would probably read it every day for the next month. So I can, I would probably know it by heart. And I had this magazine idea for Instagram. So now my Instagram is more like this. I'm giving all this information from seminars and a little bit of topics from the book, maybe for cavities or maybe for root canals, whatever, or health optimization tricks. And if you, if you learn, and it's there to help you learn stuff. And I think this will help a lot if you, it's just devote yourself maybe for two or three minutes a day. And if you do that every day, these little baby steps, you will learn so much. And yeah, luckily I'm able to do that now and can, can help as much as possible. But of course it needs more spreading because I'm just yeah. a, a tiny light. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you've got the knowledge. It just needs, what needs to be developed is, is a very sophisticated strategy to, to spread this. I mean, it really yes. requires some creative inspiration and genius to, to make this happen because the basics aren't that hard. It's just a matter of, catalyzing a cause to change the behavior so kids don't have to have to go through dental pain or ever yeah. have a cavity done or repair of surgery it's just crazy all this can be prevented so it's like oh, the need for dentists is it's like i mean we should have 99 percent less dentists ideally yes and so in terms of the reparation 100 you you don't need it you can use but you could use it if the dentist would look at it differently and just look at the mouth as the mirror for your overall health, he could initially be a good yeah. doctor Why? because you have to see the dentist anyways. And if he tells you, because my patients, they come to me, sometimes all the patients from my dad, 
And then they tell me, oh, I have this and this problem. And I look at their teeth and say, hey, your teeth are fine. Here's your problem. Let's check your vitamin D3. And we're able to test vitamin D3 chair side. So in 10 minutes, I have the vitamin D3. And then I ask, in this 10 minutes, I will ask, how's your lifestyle looking like? What about your protein? Oh, you're vegan. Oh, you, you don't eat. You only eat once a day. And it's only vegetables. How would your body be able to um, build bone or build teeth? It sounds like you're catabolic. So I can totally reverse it and help people in this little consult to get back on their lifestyle. And also, patients waiting long time. So if the, I had, you can imagine, I had a lot of problems with my dental colleagues for long years because, of course, I'm a pioneer in the field and they kind of get emotional sometimes when they talk to me. Um, like, well, they want to take your license away. I, <laughs> no, no. I, they, I, don't, I try to do everything as perfectly as possible. Well, even so, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's, it, I don't know if you know the history of it, but just for telling a person that amalgam was potentially problematic, you could have your license removed. And, you, and still in some yeah. yes, I thought it's like this. In Germany, you can, you would, you would word it differently. Um, but it's more like, um, I, don't, I don't tell this to patients. So now it's like this, they inform, they're searching for me. They know exactly what they oh, get. Oh, sure, yeah. You're, by, now, you're, past the, you're past that area. Uh, I'm past that area, but for me, look at this. The dentists, so let's say seven years ago, when I gave a seminar for two days of biological dentistry for five people, it was a blast. It was like-minded people. I had so much fun. And on the, on, at the end, on the Congress, I gave one speech in front of 100 regular dentists on a huge podium. And afterwards, I would have, I would have get 30 minutes of emotional attacks. So I stopped that. When the book came out, and the book was not even my idea. It was, the book was just somebody found me on YouTube and asked me, do you want to write a book? Because it sounds like you could help people. And I was like, oh, it's perfect for the mission. I will do it. So the book came out. And in this little town where I'm living, there's a huge clinic and there are a lot of dentists. And initially I got a shitstorm for two months and lots of uh, newspaper articles about me. And so really uncomfortable. You know all this like way more extreme than me. But I'm, I know how it feels. And now one year later, it's actually turning a little bit around. And a lot of the cooler kids, I would say, the dentists in my age, they're the, skate coming, the skateboarders. The skateboarder dentists, they're coming and seeing, okay, Dentistry is basically just a little bit boring because the techniques don't change too much and they're not so difficult. But now you can really change and help people getting healthy. So the one part is the achievement side. It's a science, it's just like craftsmanship, like building Lego, that's it. But on the next day, if your patient tells you, oh, I didn't tell you before, but I was chronically depressed and I had this head and neck trauma, I had this shoulder problem, this, this, and this, and that, and 80% is already gone then it starts to get fulfilling and patients wait for this. And I don't have any patient coming in that has to go to see the dentist like the normal dentist do. They're like, oh no, I have to see the dentist. I don't like you, you're the dentist. You have to drill a hole, it will hurt. You see, my patients, they, they're waiting for this. They, they are in the spirit as I am. And the other dentists, the patients, they hate it. So it's, if they would change, to see that it's it's probably one of the reasons why the, the suicide rate in dentistry is so high. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it always changes in between dentists and I think pilots or, and I don't know the, what is it? Stewards, uh, yeah. stewardess. Because of course, because it's always negative. And also you always have to deal with fear on a spiritual level. And you are way too close to the patient. So normally if I talk to you, I'm at, at arm's length, I would say. Yeah. But on a dentist chair, 
I'm like this. I have them. I have them. The patients here, so I'm in their total aura. And of course, I if I don't protect myself, I breathe in all the toxins they anyways have. I work with all the toxins. And of course, the dentists if they don't they not take care like I did in the first year. I yeah. intoxicated myself. You, you got exposed to so many mercury vapors. <laughs> the first year, because I didn't. Now I'm using all these masks, but the first yeah. year. I just protected all my patients and I was drilling it out like crazy the whole day. So I could expose that huge levels of mercury. So yeah. that wasn't a good idea from my side. Now, so now unless you want to repeat Hal Huggins strategy, you know? Yes, no, no. Uh, but he has a good speed. He has a, a good one. He said, um, detoxing your body of heavy metals while having amalgam fillings in your mouth is like showering and trying to dry yourself at the same time. I like this one. Yeah, yeah. No, he was he was definitely another pioneer. So, yeah, hundred well, percent pioneer like Weston Price. I, I think we should begin to wrap it up. So, why don't the, the name of your book again is "It's All in Your Mouth," which is available pretty much anywhere you, where you can purchase a book. But what are the other resources where people can find out more about you in your clinic? Yeah, of course, the website is DNAesthetics.de. Maybe you can put it in the show notes if you have. Oh, that. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, sure. Otherwise, I just spell. Then you can just um, YouTube my name, Dr. Dominic Nischwitz. There's a YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram. It's at Dr. Dom1, D-O-M-E-1, where all this little tiny content's there. And, of course, I'm the president of the ISMI. That's the International Society for Metal Free Implantology. It's maybe more for the dental colleagues. But you basically just can Google my name and find me area. I'm going to speak at the Health Optimization Summit this year. Yeah, we're all, we'll, we'll meet in person because we're both speaking there. And we will meet sooner in... Uh, yeah, yeah, at Upgrade Labs in Beverly Hills. Yes. And afterwards, I'm actually also in, in Florida for a week or so. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, thanks for all you're doing. You're a real pioneer, a real inspiration to many others and making a difference, you know, and uh, really being a rebel and having the courage to uh, go up against the conventional dental community and, you know, really create a new path and strategy to get people healthy. Thank you very much for saying so. I give my best.